Building Strongest Leaders is really teaching people how to be curious and then giving them a place that they can have a voice. Welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast from Uniform, the podcast that dives into real conversations that are happening in contact centers around the world. Here you'll experience exciting interviews with well-known thought leaders, hear compelling stories from industry experts, gain fresh insights on contact center best practices and more. So grab a beverage and tune in as we get real with conversations that matter. Hi, I'm Mike Aoki, speaker and trainer with Reflective Keynotes, Inc., Contact Center veteran and today's guest host. Randy invited me onto the podcast to host a series called Day in the Life of a Contact Center Leader, where we learn more about the human side of a contact center leader and what they go through in their usual day. In this episode, I chat with Heather Arthur, Vice President, Customer Care Operations at Rogers Communications one of Canada's largest telecom companies. And Heather and I have known each other for several years, and we actually shared the stage as co-hosts for the 2017 GTAC Annual Conference in Toronto. And Heather was nice enough to call in for this conversation from her cottage north of Toronto, Canada. And in this podcast, Heather and I discussed the importance of zooming out and zooming in, so you can have both a tactical and strategic focus. Also, we talked about how she builds leaders on her team, and Heather believes a leader does not have to have all the right answers themselves, but they need to build the right team around them. And we also talked about how Heather was able to lower absenteeism to less than 8% in her sites, even during COVID. Let's listen to the podcast. Hi, Heather. Welcome to the show. And would you mind introducing yourself for our audience? Hi, Mike. It's great to be here. I'm Heather Arthur, and I am the VP for Consumer Care at Rogers Communications. And I want to just ask a little bit about your background first. So can you tell me a bit about what sort of where you were raised and, and where you went to school? For sure. So I grew up in Brampton and I grew up, you know, running around in the fields and, you know, always looking for trees to climb, really trying to be outdoors as much as possible. And I think that hasn't changed as I've grown up. For school, you know, I, I went to Cardinal Leger as high school. It was a, a great place to, to grow up. And um, and then I went off to college and took biochemistry. So my background is actually, I'm a biochemist, if you can believe that. But now I run call centers. So there's a little fun fact about me. When you think about a, a typical workday, what's the first thing that you do when you get out of bed? You know what, the first thing I do, well, the first thing I do since we got the puppy is say good morning. And, you know, when you when you use the voice that you use with animals as the first voice that you express yourself, it's not like a good morning, like I'd say to my husband, where it's like, hey, good morning. It's more like good morning. And there's this amazing excitement. And so what I've noticed that Loki's taught me is that why am I not using that voice internally when I'm talking to myself, why am I not starting every single day saying those words? And so, you know, now I feel like since that's how I start my day and we throw some toys around and we, we have a really uh, unique moment of time, of course, then she wants to be fed, but that is the, how I start my day. And then we take a walk down to the, to the lake. Like I said, you know, it, my home, I live in the beaches in Toronto, and so there I get to see the sun rise and at the cottage, I get to see the sun set. So it's either I'm marking my morning with a sunrise or I'm marking my night with a sunset um, to really put the bookmarks around the day, uh, depending on where, where I am. But that's how I start my day. 
And then it goes from there. So I get back. I've had a nice brisk walk. Uh, sometimes even, you know, I'll let people come with me and I'll do a walking uh, friend moment on the phone or we'll exchange pictures. So I love when other people are, are on their walks and they'll send me pictures. And then I sit down and I, and I ask myself, all right, who am I going to positively influence today? And I start my day. And, you know, of course, the calendars, meetings, things that I have to get done from a work perspective. But that's definitely on the two that those are my non-negotiables for the morning. Say good morning with as much energy as possible and get out for a walk. You know, getting back to your, to your role as a contact centered leader and, you know, being the VP at, at, at Rogers like that. Uh, you mentioned a concept called zooming in and zooming out in an early conversation that we had. Can you explain a bit more about what you mean by that? Yeah, Mike, that's a that's a really good question. You know, people often ask me, you know, what's a day in the life of a contact center leader look like? Uh, where do you spend most of your time? And so I have about 3,000 employees across Canada, and they're all working from home right now to keep them safe. And uh, that was pretty incredible to get them all working from home safe. But that means we're all on video all day. And we got to make sure that we are focused on, on our employees. So I spend a lot of time, what I call in the weeds or zoomed in. And really that could, that could take up, you know, 10 hour days easily. But if I don't take the time to zoom out and look at things from a bigger picture, look at things from a different angle, then one, I might be missing opportunities. Two, I might be missing what is in our near future or in our long-term future for possibilities. And I might not really keep the target in mind or the North star of where we're going as a company and where we're going as a call center. But then if I don't, if I spend too much time zoomed out, then I won't get into the weeds and zoom in and really understand what the needs of our employees are. You know, just think of, and and I know, you know, this, I know people listening to this will know this, but people working from home are going through all kinds of new stresses. So it's so important that I zoom in and connect with the people that are connecting with our customers to make sure that they, one, have everything that they need to get through the day, two, that they're making sure that their mental health is number one priority, and three, that they know that we care about them and that flexibility is an option for them. You know, we've got moms and dads that are home, they become teachers, they become, you know, all kinds of different roles that they're doing, and they may need a mental health break. And they mean that might just need five minutes of someone saying, you know what, you're on track. I'll give you an example, Mike. I run town halls and focus groups, and I like to do them in smaller groups so that I can, you know, interact on camera with everyone. They can ask me anything. And I had a, a town hall booked with six managers, and I'm excited because I get invited to all of their homes. And I would have never been invited to their homes. And so, you know, we're started with some light conversation. Where's everyone taking the call from? And one of my employees was actually taking it from her closet, but she'd really dressed it up from the from behind. She hung pictures, so it didn't look like a closet. And every day she would go in the closet because it was the quietest place for her to take calls. Um, and so we just, you know, we had a good chuckle about that. But then what happened was this magical moment one of the moms, who was also one of our leaders, was talking to another mom and saying, oh, how are you doing it? I know you've got three kids. I've only got one. And they were starting to exchange some mom moments. And I realized at that moment that whatever my agenda was, it was it, it needed to be put aside. I wanted to ask them how they were doing. I wanted to check in on how the calls were with our customers. But none of that mattered. 
all that mattered at that exact moment was that we made sure that we gave them space and time to have this mom moment conversation and also to talk about what does it mean to be a good parent? And the the two moms, you know, were having this conversation, but there was there was, you know, other participants that were shaking their head. And I could see that they were having that same moment. And so I asked them this question. I said, you know, what is your scorecard that says that you're a good parent or a bad parent? And, you know, one of them's like, oh my God, the, the laundry is piling up. Like, it's just, I feel so bad because my kids are just going to this chair that's in her bedroom and they're picking out the clean laundry. And I said, do you think after this moment in time, this moment of COVID and staying home, that your kids are going to remember that their laundry was folded or not folded? Or do you think that they're going to remember that you were home and right after work, you got to spend time with them? And when you went on lunch break, you went and said, how are you doing? And at night, you tucked them in and said, I love you. And what if that was your measurement of success? The conversation took a whole different place, but it was exactly the conversation that needed to happen because those leaders were feeling that they weren't good enough for a moment as a parent. And if that shows up for them in their home life, how's it showing up in their leadership life? How's it showing up as they are leading their team who's also having some of these struggles? So we have opened up completely completely new conversations and completely conversations that are about their home life and the balance and what being the best human being means because the best human being is making sure that you have a scorecard that celebrates the small wins and it's not folded laundry it's reaching out to the people that matter to you and saying why they matter to you whether that be your kids, whether it be the people that report to you, whether it be me being able to talk to the people that are influencing the front line and our customers. All of those are the most important conversations to have right now. That's excellent. I mean, what, what percentage of the day do you spend in terms of, you know, doing focus groups and town halls and one-on-one coffee chats, would you say, out of 100%? You know what? I would love it to be 100%, but that is not possible because then I wouldn't be zooming out enough. So, you know, I would say it's somewhere in the 50% mark. And, you know, when I look at my calendar for the week, I actually make sure there's space for me to be present with my team. And there's also space before those meetings to think about what are the questions that I want to ask? How do I want to be a curious leader and evoke some emotion and have a real conversation about what they're feeling and what's going on? You know, I can I can spend lots of time sharing the vision and how we're going to get there. But if I don't have leaders that believe in themselves and believe that they're important enough to be part of that, that journey, then they're just going to wait till they're told what to do. And I need leaders that actually are going to be courageous and curious and ask lots of questions. So, you know, my calendar is full of meetings, but it is really as 50% zooming in with our frontline and the leaders that are that are supporting them and 50% zooming out and thinking about, you know, who's going to help us influence our strategy, our long-term goals, our three-year plan, and making sure that it's really balanced. And when it comes to leadership, how do you build the strongest leaders in your team? You know, I think the strongest leaders are the ones that can get curious, the ones that can ask the best questions. I think the growth moment for me in my leadership journey was when I stopped believing that to be a good leader, I needed to have all the answers. 
and started believing that my team actually had all the answers because then I would ask them those questions that got them to recognize that they actually had all the answers. What happened when I made that sort of change in my philosophy or my belief system is my confidence went up. And that seems contradictive to, well, if I'm not the one with all the answers, how does your confidence go up? And my confidence went up because I actually then realized I'd hired the right team. And so teaching people how to ask those questions, my belief system is this, that every single one of us have everything we need in life to make the best decisions right now, whether that be on the phone with our customers, whether that be as a leader leading a team. And our job is to ask more questions to learn from everyone around us. So, you know, when I leveled up by getting more curious, I realized that I actually had to teach leaders also how to get more curious. And that was really amazing for me because then I got to be, you know, on the sidelines being a cheerleader. And, you know, then after they got curious, asking them, what did you learn from this moment in time? You know, that that curiosity is contagious. And when you're curious and you're asking questions, people feel valued. People feel heard. People feel, well, maybe I can contribute. Maybe I am important. And then they they look for opportunities to be the, the person that knows these answers and they become experts in their field. And it's not because someone told them to become experts in their field. It's because they wanted the emotional feeling, that, that connection to being the one that has the answers that we rely on. You know, every answer that I need I just need to go to my front line and have a focus group and they will tell me five things I should work on next week to remove friction for our customers. So why would I sit by myself and try to create a list of what I think is the right answers when I can actually go to the people that know best? And I think that's, you know, building strongest leaders is really teaching people how to be curious and then giving them a place that they can have a voice. The other thing I think that's building strong leaders. So I I do a, a process that I'll call time travel. And I invite people to go on a little journey with me. And it would sound like this, Mike, it would sound like, you know, if we were sitting together on December 31st of 2021, what would we have achieved already being the amazing leaders that we are? And I get people to really focus in on how would they feel if they achieved a goal and whatever goal it is that we will have as a combined team, it you it needs to be even one step above that. So it needs to be that stretch goal that we that we think is completely unattainable because we and only unattainable because we've never done it before, not because it can't be done. So I'll say to them, if we achieved that goal, if we as a team stepped into our greatness and achieved that by December 31st. What would people say about us? And hear those words right now. And what would they think is possible next? And how would you emotionally feel about being on the team that did that? And so we try and travel to the end of the year, and and that's a good time frame to use, with the intent that we're activating our brain to actually already feel and experience winning. Because the brain is this really cool tool. We've all got one. And 
it doesn't really know when you're imagining something or when you're actually doing it. So then what happens is we activate these emotions and how we're going to feel when we get to that goal. And now people will not spend time wondering, can we get to that goal? But how do we get to that goal? And what will we knowing for? And, and they want to be part of a team that's not achieving the small goals or the daily goals, but the big North Star, the big one that we're going after. And it, this time travel activity that I do with my team and with myself is fantastic because people are then understanding where we're going to go and they're looking for how they're going to feel when they get there. I can't stress enough how this method of, of conversation changes the conversation. And I know one of the things that you studied is neurolinguistic programming or NLP. At what point in your life did you decide to go and take that course and learn that discipline? You know, what I just described, and you're letting out all my trade secrets, Mike, was an NLP technique. And that's okay, because I think, you know, when you teach what you know, others can learn from it. You know, my NLP story is a fun one. So, you know, when I was a younger leader, I had a coach that, you know, was telling me about these techniques and they, you know, she was using all this language, neuro-linguistics programming. And I, I was like, that sounds really intense. And, uh, and it, it kind of just went away. I didn't, I didn't remember it. And then years later, and I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie, I saw this event that Tony Robbins was doing and it was to walk on fire. Now I knew Tony Robbins and I thought, oh, that sounds like fun, but I wasn't going to see Tony Robbins. I was going because you got to walk on fire. I'm like, that is the coolest thing ever. So that's what I want to do. What I didn't realize that that event was going to spark a belief system of what I hadn't learned yet in life, which was these skills, these life skills that I wish they taught in school, but how to activate your brain, your body, and what you're saying to move yourself in one direction. And that's what NLP is all about is we often can sit down and say, oh, I, I wish that I could achieve this goal. And then we take no action. Or we say words like, I don't think it's possible. Well, we're never going to experience that. Instead, we've got to really embrace the entire experience. It's kind of like going to a hockey game. You know, you know, you buy the tickets, you, you put the jersey on, you get there and you cheer with your entire body. So you've planned ahead. You've gotten excited about it. You've dressed for the occasion. You're ready to be the best fan uh, at that game. And then you yell and scream. That is getting your whole body involved in achieving that goal. And then what do you do? You remember that moment. It's memorable for you. That's why people love going to concerts and going to sporting events is because you've gotten everything that you have within you involved in that moment in time. And that is so important right now, especially as we are connected to our screens or connected to our phones or connected to our TVs. We're not connecting with our bodies at the same time. So movement matters. And, you know, even if it's just a little dance in your living room, I think it's so important. So I got into NLP by going, I wanted to walk on fire, but I actually learned the Tony Robbins style of NLP, which is Amazing. I can tell you the playlist that he he plays at his event, I can still hear those songs and it, it has me activated to dance in my living room or in my car, wherever I am immediately, which is pretty incredible that music can do that to you. But what happened after I went to Tony Robbins is I actually went on an extreme weight loss journey and I lost a hundred pounds. And when you lose a hundred pounds, people 
they notice. <laughs> it's kind of noticeable. And I realized that the techniques that I had embraced, I knew how I was doing it, but I didn't know how to teach those skills. And people would come to me and say, how did you do, how did you do this? What did you do differently? And I felt this extreme amount of guilt to tell them, well, I just ate less and moved more. Because actually, that is not how I lost the weight. How I lost the weight was I had to change my mindset and my belief system before I could move more, before I could eat better. And so I thought to myself, and I felt this immense responsibility to teach the, the neuro-linguistics programming course or, or techniques that I'd learned because I couldn't tell people that I'd moved more and eaten less. That wasn't how I lost the weight. I changed my mindset. So that responsibility then led me to becoming a certified practitioner. I actually went to another Tony Robbins event and at the uh, airport, I saw a gentleman that I'd seen, I'd only seen him at the first Tony Robbins event. And he actually was uh, full of tattoos, but he jumped the higher than anyone. And so I remembered this guy. So I went up to him in the airport and I said, I think you're flying to the same place I am because I know you, I, I've seen you jump. And, you know, that sounds like such a weird thing to say to a stranger, but it was instant connection. And uh, he actually introduced me to my NLP coach. And um, I've been using these techniques now almost every day of my life. It's what I do in the call centers. It's how I talk to people. It's really amazing. And it's led me to realize that my role is not to lead call centers. It is to lead call centers. That's my job. But my actual role, what I'm most important is to have people have experiences that gets them emotionally connected to what they're doing, what their purpose is. And it has allowed me to have these amazing moments with human beings, showing them that they actually have everything within them already to get done what they need to get done. And, you know, people, when we were back in the office, when we weren't uh, working from home, people would walk by my office and the chairs would be different places and we'd be sitting in different spots. And, and they'd always know when we're doing, when you see that we're sitting, not facing each other or facing each other or beside each other in an office setting, just we're, we're in a session and just let us, let us be, don't interrupt for a second. And it, it's, it's a really fun experience. So it's, I would consider it one of my secret weapons, but I also consider it a skill that I think everyone should learn. And I try to teach it wherever I can. And now for a short break, let's learn more about Unifor. Unifor is the global leader in conversational service automation. The company's vision is to disrupt an outdated customer service model by bridging the gap between human and machine using voice, AI, and automation so that every voice on every call is truly heard. For more information about Unifor, go to www.unifor.com, email podcast at unifor.com, or tweet at Unifor. Now, back to the podcast. Well, that sounds amazing as well, just as a way to influence people and be able to influence yourself, you know, which I love in terms of growth. Um, I'm going to ask you a little bit of a different question right now, a little, just a different yeah. side, which is about employee engagement. Yeah. So... Employee engagement and, of course, employee attrition, those are some of the biggest issues right now for contact centers. And a lot of in-house contact centers typically average around 30% year-over-year loss in terms of their of their agent staff. What have you done to address those issues at Rogers? And, and what, have you, what has your success been like in terms of reducing employee attrition and increasing engagement? That is a great question. And when you think about the concept of getting people 
to feel that they matter. How do you do that? You know, absenteeism and attrition, in my point of view, is a symptom of something else. And if that symptom is that they don't feel valued or they don't feel personal satisfaction of the job or they don't feel that they matter, then calling in sick because you, you know, might have a little sniffle or you have a personal situation might be your only option or the first option you consider. But what if that was the last option you considered? And so I asked my team this. I asked my team, what would it take if we really talk to people about what being here means to them and ask them to, you know, is there any other solutions that we can have? And we were in a place, I'd switched roles within the company and I took on another, another group. And the first action in a call center sometimes is let's talk about your absence and, you know, let's, let's progress you through performance management steps that might include letters so imagine you've just, you know, had an absence and maybe you've had a trail of absences and your manager doesn't ask you about you, but asks you, tells you what the expectations of the job are. And so I said to my team, I said, can we, can we just pause on all performance management steps? And for the next 60 days, can we, when someone's absent, can we just touch base with them and say, we really missed you. I hope everything's okay. Is there anything that we can do to help you avoid future absences? And I just wanted to let you know, I'm checking in with you and you matter. We really missed you. And I have to tell you, my team thought it was a little bit of a crazy idea and they were worried about some of the, you know, well, we're on different steps for people and you know what, what will happen. I said, just, just please tell people that they matter. And within 60 days, we cut our absenteeism in half. Today, we run at record numbers of absenteeism. If you're in the call center world, we run at uh, between 5 and 8% absenteeism, which normally it would be 30 to 35 in, a, in, a, in other call centers. And we were at those numbers at one point. And it really was one thing. And having people feel that they mattered. We created a whole program around it. It's called Being Here Matters. And it is expanded now to talk about what does being here matters actually mean? It's now about training. It's about learning. It's about career development. Because when you're here and doing everything you can to serve our customers, we're going to work behind the scenes to make everything simple and remove friction for you. So it's it's that cohesion together as a team that allows us to have the best attrition and the best employee engagement that we've ever seen in years. So it's pretty incredible. But it all goes down to one thing. Is there a personal relationship with your leader? And do you feel that that relationship, that you matter in it? You know, people do not leave companies. They leave managers. That's the number one reason why they leave. And it's because they don't feel valued. So change the conversation. Change the trajectory of where your employees are going to feel valued. And just have a conversation and tell them why you're grateful for them, what their strengths are, how they show up every day, and why you need them. And you know, sometimes it's the simplest answers that are actually the reason why people stay. We're hiring right now, Mike, we're hiring across Canada. And, uh, you know, we, we added another kind of cool feature. So we, we now look at the first hundred days that an employee joins us uh, in our call center. They're working from home. So we were worried about that connection. And we, we actually have milestones and activities that we, we do for them to make them feel valued. 
And one of the things that we started to do is the day before their training, their actual manager phones them to say, I just wanted to remind you tomorrow's your first day and say how excited we are to have you on the team. And that the one of the classes we had someone say to us, I actually had two job offers and I decided to come work for you because of that phone call. So don't discount how important that personal connection is and that you know, one-on-one connection with your leader is so important. It really, really matters. So that's, I think, my secret sauce and uh, anyone can do it. Okay, great. That's wonderful too. In terms of just, again, building that connection, right? That sense of belonging, that sense of feeling valued, you know, which I love hearing you talk about. And you mentioned leadership. And I just want to ask you, what are some of your leadership non-negotiables? Mike, it's, there was a point in my time in my career where I was overwhelmed. I was stressed. And I just thought, like, what is my what is my purpose for today? And I was overwhelmed because emails were, I was, my inbox was full, all of that stuff. And I said to myself, I don't get paid. It's not in my job description to read emails. That's a I have to get that done. But what is truly in my job description? What will make the biggest impact? And it was then in that moment of the extreme stress and feeling overwhelmed that I came up with my number one non-negotiable, which is every day I look for who I'm going to positively impact and I cannot finish my day until I've positively impacted five people. That decision that I made many years ago I believe was the pivotal moment in my way of looking at leadership differently, but has led me to be able to be who I am today. I lead the largest call center in Canada. I have um, people all across Canada that I see on camera now. And I just wake up every day thinking, who am I going to positively impact? And if I can influence five people, I can lay my head on the pillow at night and feel really, really good about what I did. I have a new non-negotiable that I've added though, since we've been on zoom and knowing that in the world today, people are really feeling isolation, disconnected. And so when someone pops in my head now, they, I just have them pop in my head for whatever reason, I reach out to them. I don't wait. There's no time to wait to, to connect with someone. So I'll send them a video message. I'll send them a text message. I'll send them a picture from our past and saying, remember this. And I send them a message that tells them they're powerful, they're courageous, whatever message I think that they need to hear. And you know what happens, Mike, every time I send this message, and I, I do this all the time now, and it's so incredible, I get the same message back no matter who I send this to. And that message I get back is this, how did you know I needed to hear that? And you know how I know? Because I needed to hear it too. And so that has That has cascaded and had a ripple effect because other people are doing the same thing. Other people are sending these messages and I'm seeing it happen in my company. I'm seeing it happen in my friend group. And, you know, I invite all of you to try it on. It's it's really cool because sometimes we have people just jump into our head, just reach out to them and tell them that they matter. This is a life skill that I think is going to keep us connected when we feel the most disconnected, especially when we're all working from home still trying to stay safe because of COVID. In the meantime, I know you're at the cottage working from home in terms of looking at, and I think of a cottage, I actually think about being around a fireplace doing board games and stuff while it's snowing outside. I'm not that outdoorsy. So I'll ask you, what's your favorite board game? 
Well, let me tell you, Mike, here's a fun fact about me. I am the reigning champion in Boggle for my family. Scrabble as well. My husband won't play with, with me anymore. And I've just started to teach my husband cribbage. And of course, I'm winning that too. So I would consider myself the champion of all three of those right now. But uh, love to get together for the board games and, and play. Uh, but Boggle's my favorite. It really is. That sounds good. Well, you just have to go play cribbage or, or Scrabble one of these days. Boggle, I'm not that good at. Scrabble, we'll see about a triple word score. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Heather, thank you very much for sharing your time with us. I really appreciate this. And it's been just a fun discussion. And I think, you know, I know I personally learned from this. And I hope everybody listening has learned from this as well. So thank you. Thank you, Mike. It's so great to always have a chit chat with you. You have been listening to the Conversations That Matter podcast by Unifor. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast player and rate and review to enable us to create relevant and valuable content for your business. If you'd like to learn more about conversational service automation, visit unifor.com. Have a great day.